welcome to Role, a podcast looking at defining roles. Each episode, we ask our guests the same five questions as a starting point to help us understand how roles have helped shape who they are today. We're your hosts, Monica Fernandez-Tranco and Louis Dalton-Gilbert. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website on role.studio. I was thinking about the questions. Yeah. I just didn't. I was like, I've never thought about it. Yeah. And then I was like thinking, anyway, we should probably start talking about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take the lead. I mean, do you want to do a? We do a, a little, little fancy intro, which is difficult to do because the whole point of this thing is that we don't want to define people. Define people. So how do you introduce someone to a podcast without being like, they're this, this, and this? That's, yeah. yeah. Also, like, I don't really, I don't have like a job description. I say that I'm an art director, but I'm absolutely not in any way. But it just, just feels like all encompassing. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's like saying that like, I study geography. Yeah. Like I'm into rocks. I'm into maps. I'm into people. I mean, like, <laughs> you yeah. know. I think that that's actually a perfect introduction. This is Lottie Anderson, lover of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Um, do you want to do a proper intro, or should we just? Um, hit it. Just hit it. Hit it. Yeah. Right. Let's go. Do you want me to start? Yeah. So the first question is, what roles do you think define you? Mm. Can I be really honest? You can be completely honest. Please so please. I basically googled role because yeah. I, I just had never really thought about it, and it's basically said it's, it's to do with like acting and playing and who you who you play. And then I just wrote a big list. So I was like, what are the roles? So I'm a sister, or I've been a sister, a daughter, a friend, a lover, a maker, a troll, (laughs) a bitch. (laughs) Like, you know, I feel like those are all the roles that I've played. I don't think there's one role. I think that's the beauty of the word. But do you think that, like, is there anything when you go out in the world and, you know, because you do, you leave your house, you put your face on you, you go to a meeting like what is that thing or do you, that could change but do you think that there is one that defines like, you more yeah. most recently I feel like a fixer and an and and like an energy bringer like I feel like I'm employed to bring energy to put energy into things yeah um I think particularly like if you look at my CV like that's what I'm known for it's like putting on parties and like building communities so I feel like a lot of pressure to be permanently optimistic energized and funny or like whereas I don't actually feel like that all the time how much of that like how much time do you spend on that like are you able to kind of take some time out to recharge? Because oh, that yeah. sounds really exhausting. Yeah, it's really tiring. It's awful. Because you were in Berlin this weekend for <laughs> Gallery Weekend, so I feel like that yeah. must have been a whole thing. Yeah. My friend was kind of taking the piss at me. She was like, oh, you're such a party girl. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm actually a real granny. But I just get hyper. Yeah. So, like, get around people and I'll get, like, really hyped and then kind of, like, it's, like, whirling dervish. Do you feel like, because you were saying when you Googled roll and looked into it, that there's certain roles that you play. So do you feel like you are playing the role or do you feel like you yes. embody it? Okay. I absolutely feel like I'm playing the role. I feel like I have an attitude that's very, like, it till you make it so like I decide that I want to do something 
and then I'll just figure out how to, you know, I'll, I'll find the end point and then I'll go work backwards. So at every step of that, I'm playing the role. I'm acting it out until someone calls it out, you know? But that's probably good because I think a lot of people um, have that fear of actually think, like pretending. And I think actually the more you pretend, the more you can visualize something. Someone's always told me when I was in university and they said, my, my, it was my college counselor, that if you can't visualize the thing that you want, you can't, you'll never be able to, to get there. Yeah. And pretending is good, but I think a lot of people hold themselves back by by being afraid of pretense and being afraid of being mm. caught out. It's it's also really necessary in the jobs that you do because you have a party you see what you want it to be like then you have to work back on how you get that mm. a magazine what you want in it who's going to write the content who's going to do that and you work back, back on that so it's, yeah. it seems to keep in with your personality to yeah. do those sorts of things and I think I'm not for, for me personally I'm not too um, I don't kind of chastise myself too much for not knowing how to do anything properly um, I think there's like quite a charm in uh, playing it out and seeing what human errors come in. Like particularly when I'm designing things, like I didn't know how to use Photoshop or anything, so I got into making collage because it was an easy way to achieve what I wanted. And it's like kind of adding little bits of knowledge as you go. Until then, what to do one day? You can actually do the thing. <laughs> And then by that time, I'm usually bored and I want to do something else. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you think up until now, you you say you've played a lot of roles, what would you, is there one that you think has been most important to get you to where you are today? Party thrower. I don't know any other, yeah, definitely. But I feel like I've never wanted to say that because it feels so reductive. I no, feel like, cool. really? Well, because what, do you think that just I throw parties, but you know, you said earlier that you're a community maker, like a party yeah. by extension well, is you're bringing so many different types of people together. Yeah, and I think I really took on the role quite properly. So I wanted to build an environment that had its own space. So picking the locations that I picked very specifically because I didn't want like I really worked backwards like how I'd had the best times and it was usually when I'd gone into a space for the first time so I didn't have any kind of like latent memories of the space so it's always trying to find somewhere new to build that space then taking over that space so that then like having ownership of it making the posters making sure that people came and they, they there was something like recognisable and they could come back and and, there, and, and also having it that be transportable so I could move that into somewhere else which is where the posters work and then having like a real aesthetic to that and language that was specific to that environment yeah and then pulling that crowd in and then saying no to people I didn't want to come in <laughs> that's I mean how can you call all that productive like that takes up so much time and vision to get to that and I think that's the thing I think there are certain mm. careers or certain things that people see as reductive or mm. we're made to think that they're you know a job that everyone can do but you, not everyone can throw a good party and not not yeah, every event you go to is good energy. and I think less and less that you go to now are actually good or different you know you go to something and it's the same all the time or whatever and I think putting on an event that people are going to remember mm. is incredibly difficult I mean we talked about this loads when when originally role was an exhibition and we were we were almost not more obsessed but very it was very very important to us the end of what the opening or the party was going to be 
was really like how do you make a thing because it was about community it wasn't like we want to just have this swanky champagne reception like that's boring and that's completely at odds with everything we want to do so and I remember it being I mean we still haven't done a launch party for Roland <laughs> I think it's just like looming that we should probably do that at some point and it'll be really difficult I think you have to think what you whatever I make or whatever I'm doing I try and think what the intention is and what I want people to take from it and that's where then I work backwards to the role so I'll be like I'm, you know if I wanted to throw like a mad techno party I would be like okay so I, I want people to like feel I don't know out of their body but in but with people what's the space that does that I want okay so it might okay so it has to be like dark and it has to be maybe a bit like wet and grimy I, you know yeah. or, like when I was there I said I, I wanted to build like a safe family space that was you know had a very a proper mix of people that was really specifically nostalgic to my growing up in Lava Grove which doesn't exist anymore mm. and how I could recreate that um I hope I did. I, I don't. I don't know. I, it's not for me to say if I did. Yeah. Or not. I think it's for the people who came. Going on from that, then, who were your role models when you were growing up? It's funny. Okay, so my my mum died when I was ten, which like I feel like has a huge impact on the role models because they became very like, very many headed versions of mothers. Like the matriarch is, in my mind, without a mother, the ultimate role model, which meant that I had a lot of space to kind of build my own one. So like I liked. Um, like I love like J-Lo or like Scary Spice but I don't know if actually I really loved them or I just looked like them so I could see myself in them then I felt like those changed when I got to about like 18 or 19 and then I like I loved people like PJ Harvey or like Fiona Apple or Justine Frickman from the Elastica I really loved girls in girl bands I thought they were really cool I think I just wanted to be like a girl who looked really cool and was really cool and maybe also didn't embody what I thought a girl or a woman had to be she was just doing her thing which makes sense because then I guess there's not that many girls who do parties so I wanted to, I, I was looking without realising I was like looking for women who were embodying pr previously quite masculine spaces yeah. and do you think so in your later mid to late 20s I guess mm. um, has that changed now or do you feel more well no, the funny thing is like when we were away we were talking about like all like the funny films that you used to watch in a little like repeatedly so I used to repeatedly watch Almost Famous because I love Penny Lane. I used to repeatedly watch this terrible movie with Dakota Fanning and Brittany Murphy called Uptown Girls because she was oh this God. kind of fabulous wishy-washy girl who like, like lost all her money and then was like, you know, she'd like make like a hat out of a lampshade. Oh my God, I forgot about but that. But I feel like I became all those girls and now I'm saying I don't know who I want to be now. But my role models now more often are my friends. They're, you know, they're really cool, intelligent, interesting young women who seem kind of boundaryless. And they're, I think they are my closest role models. Maybe they're like a couple of years old, though, you know. But that I sort of look to them to see how they navigate the world. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. I mean, I find that that, I think that that's, well, I think, I don't know, if that's something that as you get older it is, you look more to your peers because you feel more confident as well, so you can kind of lower it and be like, yeah. okay, what is actually achievable versus this kind of made-up character that you look up to. Yeah. Um, and it's nice, it's true, like, the older you get, everybody's kind of finding their feet, like, you know. Lewis and I look to one another a lot about, like, what we should do next when we have both, like, come into a crisis professionally. Like, when okay. you stop asking yourself, what am I going to be when I grow up? Because you're kind of like, I'm grown up now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't want to be, like, this person in that film. Because yeah. they're probably the same age that I am now when I yeah. watch the film. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, it feels really bizarre. Yeah. So then you look to your friends and you're like, I'm really proud of that person for doing that. And I want to embody that when I'm doing the next thing that I'm yeah. doing like you channel I definitely channel my friends in different scenarios more than famous people who now have become this kind of absurd like different reality to me whereas when I was a child they pretty much were you know it was it, it seems a lot more tangible that I would be like yeah. someone because there was a distance in age so when I was like four watching whatever it is with someone who's 28 don't call me that's 28 <laughs> you can be like well in that time I could become like that person yeah. whereas now it's I think your role models just do become a lot more realistic as you get older I also think that as you get older you understand what your flaws are even if you are like if your mentality is fake until you make it I think that you also get to know what you are good at mm. I think for me I struggled a lot and a lot of my friends are people that go out a lot are very 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 social and I've kind of come to realize that you know that's just not my area and it really wears me out and I'm much better in a different setting so instead of comparing yourself to others you're like great like that's you awesome I'm gonna I'm do me this way and yeah it just gets a bit more manageable I think or like how you can work with something I think I remember identifying that my biggest flaw at 21 was that I had a really big mouth and I was quite gobby so I was like how can I make that into my biggest asset like I'm gonna make myself like, like funny or just you know just just try and move it into a positive space um that's a really good point, actually. Because yeah. I could, I I could identify to, easily. That speaks to your success, I think, just the way, the difference in the way I saw one thing and being like, well, I know what my flaws are, so like, forget it. Whereas you're like, that's yeah. a fucking flaw. I'm going to make it my success. But it, it comes from being shy. Yeah. You know, I'm actually naturally very, mm. very shy. So the way that I got over being shy is by being loud. You fill up the space. Mm. So it's like trying to kind of make it all work. Or like, you know, not, not knowing how to use Photoshop, so learning how to cut things out. Mm. You know, you just but then that is I had this wicked I went to this internship with this um, uh, print print designer in New York and I was like 19 and when I got there he told me I didn't he told me he printed out these prints and he just said can you just make as many five-sided three-dimensional objects as you can and I spent like a week doing this I just thought this guy's mental and then he scanned them all in and then the next week they were all flat and he just said well you just keep going with something until something else clicks you don't necessarily need to know you can just like just keep going with it and something will click and then you'll be like oh I like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so he hadn't liked any of the things how much, he had no idea what he wanted to do how long did it last until oh like a, found. Week, a week and then he had this wicked print so he'd gone from like flat print to 3D object to flat print again and then almost had like tripped the system to find a new design wow. without having to actually be creative become like a process yeah. I think like overcoming a lot of your own insecurities is can actually become a process yeah, you have to commit to it I think you also yeah 
Yeah. So as like this homebody who identifies as being shy, uh-huh. do you think that by throwing parties that you want to be at, or that you like, that you want to go to, is your way of overcoming that because you think if I'm going to be out of the house, it's going to be the best time? Or... Um. I think um, I didn't I, like my um, my dad uh, is a musician, so I grew up in a, in a lot of parties, and it always felt like they always felt like very warm, inclusive spaces because I was his kid. And then I liked going out in London, but I felt like the spaces were very male, and they felt very blokey and very um, unwelcoming as a woman or as a girl, a young girl at the time. And it always just felt like a bit like oh, like this is our thing, like piss off. And it's like well, actually, I know just as much about music as you lot. Bucks, anyway, I'll just get on with doing my own thing in this kind of like yappity, like pretending I don't really know what I'm doing, but actually I sort of do. <laughs> and, like, and so, and so it was a way to make a space that, where I could be with my friends, listening to the same stuff, and it was still warm and inviting. And that like women, it, it just felt less aggressive. Um, I hate that feeling, you know, like you walk in the room and it's like all these like blokey musos, and we're like, okay, just like, cheer up. I wanted to make optimistic spaces. So if you are a bit of a dork, like you can then go out by yourself. Or, or that, you know, everyone wanted would say hi to each other. I, I can't, you know, I made like a really big point yeah. of saying hi to everyone. How big were the parties? Like how many people do you think? I can't really remember. Like, it depends, because you can never do the same thing <laughs> twice. No. So sometimes you have like 200 people, sometimes you have like 400 people. Oh, yeah, it just okay. sort of depends the way the wind's going or what else is on it on the same night. What the vibe was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've, you've said who your role models from a young age to kind of now have been. Um, but I wonder if you could speak more about how they affected you. So they were in bands, they were outgoing people. But it still seems that you had kind of that sense of wanting to, to fake it till you make it and kind of get out of your shell anyway. So. Mm. So, like, how they changed, how they affected me, how they affected you, yeah. Like, what specifically in, for example, Scary Slides was... I think it was, I was into, like, acts of bravery. Because I think as I got older, they moved on to probably most often being artists, or, like, women artists. And now, yeah. So it's just acts of bravery and people who felt no need to be given the permission to be who they wanted, make what they liked, say what they liked and act the way they liked. And I think that's become more and more specific as I've gotten older um, to that intention. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. And do you think that role models are important? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think... I don't think that me younger would admit that, but me now, definitely. Because mm. without those particular role models, I wouldn't be here now. So I think, yeah, they're kind of, it's kind of vital to find someone who you admire, to look to, to get you up in the morning and keep you going on your little journey, whatever that may be. Um, be on track. Yeah, definitely. I believe that. I do believe that. I need that. I love it. And actually, when you do have a role model, especially when there are people kind of in the public sphere, to see them kind of just gives you that extra bit of boost of energy, at least for me. It's really nice when you feel a bit... Mm, but low. to go back to what you were saying earlier about not seeing people like I think that's really important because I don't think I really saw anyone I don't think there ever has been a woman who's really done 
or been what I want to be in the end. So I found myself more often actually looking to men, which I'm quite embarrassed of, because I don't see enough women. And then on top of that, women of colour. It's like, oh, you know, you get down to like three women that are in, they've got the spotlight on them. So it's like, fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, and I, yeah, and you still feel really, really, I mean, I still feel very hungry for it. Like, I'm always, you know, Lewis and I have this constant stream of like private messages on Instagram where you just send each other photos of like another person. You're like, these people finally, they're coming out of the woodwork. Like, thank the Lord. And it's, you know, you really consume it. But I, and my boyfriend's always like, you're always on Instagram. I'm like, but I I really am just following other interesting people and it gives me so much life. Like, it really makes me feel good. I have time for it. Yeah. Because I mean, I think like when when we were growing up, I'd always, it would always be like Will Smith that people would be like, that is someone who it resembles you on TV, who you yeah. can look to in any sort of way. Yeah. And I was like, we have nothing in common. I'm not, do you know what I mean? I'm actually nothing like yeah. him in terms of likes and dislikes. It's just a visual thing there yeah. that is making you assign yeah. me this person. So fucked up, and then so much. It's crazy. But then, you know, and then... <laughs> It's so funny. It's like, you know? why am I scary spice? Like, actually, I'm so much more of a posh spice, but it comes down to it. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no, always the scary spice at the table. Always, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I got scary spice too. And I got really offended. She was like, really like, and I was like, she's mean. And I was like, too young to get it. Now I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. But I think that's where it's like becomes quite important. It's like, you have to be the change that you want to see. And it's like, that's where. You know, you. I, I don't see any like. Not. I don't see any. There aren't enough young women, black artists. I see smashing it. I see like a shit ton of petroformances, who I also like. But I want to see the black version. I want to see the Asian version. I want to see all the. You know. So like, you, you, you. I think as you get older, you're like, okay, I've got to just be that. I don't know how, but I'm just gonna try. Yeah. Yeah. Or expose them. And I think that this is something that's happened. You know, obviously our platform is small but I think when we think about when we think about who we want to interview I think at first we were trying to be very much like let's just talk to you know men and women and whatever and now we really found ourselves to be drawn to underrepresented people for a reason I think we tried to kind of be like let's just be open and democratic but ultimately the reason this came about was because of this lag and ultimately we are interested in exactly that but I think as well I think we've asked people and I think the people that have come back to us are people that feel the same and who understand the importance of it and it's weird I think women understand it a lot more than men men are a lot less responsive to this as a platform so far and I think as soon as you ask someone that question of who we are when we were growing up every single person I've been spoken to has always been like oh wow like because you realise who they might have been and how maybe they weren't the right role models to have and that's not because of anything other than that's who you're exposed to and that's who you're you know what you learn at school and the history you learn about and who you see on TV and all those sorts of things and the Eurocentric world that we live in by being in London and the way that everyone looks the same and they don't look like you Mm. what effect that actually has on you in terms of who your role models are and what you want to achieve from things so when we ask people to do the podcast I think the people that are the most responsive are the ones who feel the same that's why it's become I don't know I wouldn't say it's become it's that we've only really interviewed women the majority of them have been women of colour 
I have some. I, I ran into a few <laughs> boom, boom, boom. black POCs, men POCs this um, this weekend who were like super up for it, and I was like, interesting. <laughs> They're like, I really want. To. I was like, oh, that's nice. Finally, <laughs> a man, but he's hot. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's good. I mean, we're stoked. I think it's it's been fun. I feel work. really lucky now to have that mo- I would say most of my the closest thing to role models that I have now are my friends I feel like I've really like, but I've, I feel like I've sought that out mm. I don't think that's like a for everyone I think like I've consciously made a decision that I wanted to be around women that really inspired me and pushed me and that make me not want to be lazy you know yeah and you know, not get kind of left behind in the woodwork. And, the, and you know, I, I want to know what they're doing. I, I want to hear what show they're putting. I want to hear, like, what, you know, I want to go to their studio. I want to be immersed in their world. And then, and vice versa. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. I I'm, I could believe living my life that way. You just, it's yeah. nice as well. And it's that sense of, again, community that you really want to root for those people. And it just yeah. makes you want to keep going. And, like, you're part of a conversation with people that you love. And it... it yeah, it makes sense to me to do it that way. When we were away this weekend, I was with a friend and she was saying that she was, um, she's an artist. She's finished the Slade like a couple of years ago. And she was saying she really, really, really missed being in that, in this studio setting. But I went to university, I dropped out. So I've been like kind of wobbling around by myself for like way too long, which is another reason why I think my setup became such a big part of my life. But. I was saying to her we should start a salon because she really missed it. She really missed like being like quitting each other's mm. work, and I was like, well, we really ought to. It's really vital. And I, you know, I, I still, despite stopping officially doing my parties, like I want to continue making those networks because I really believe that's when the most exciting things happen. And even with you guys, like what you're doing, immediately now we've all got something going on here, and you just don't know what that then turns into down yeah, the line. That's true. I think it's important. I think it's it is that sense of we do need to work together. Yeah, to see that change happen, and and also be inclusive, though you know, like yeah. not necessarily. Um, I think there is that sense with men, and especially women, are becoming more and more, you know, out there, putting themselves out there, yeah. being on top of their own shit, owning their own companies. But then some, usually or often, straight men are just like, well, that's a woman thing, so I'm not going to be part of it. So like keeping the conversation going and really including yeah. everyone, 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 is um, exciting and I think vital as well. Yeah. Um, I'm being quite honest. I feel like there's a lot, you know, like with the Instagram and whatever, there's a lot of lying. There's a lot of faking, you know? So to create those spaces where you can be really honest is really vital. And I think more and more vital as you have. I was on the phone to my friend yesterday screaming about people pretending to be things that they're not. You know, journalists claiming they're writers, people shoehorning the word creative into their like descriptions. And like, I, I think it's really vital to be able to have that safe space where you can have that conversation and really question things and really like flesh things out and feel it out. Um, yeah. I'll let us know if now. that happens that's the one I think it's important I have a few friends um, in Deptford that do that well they're all like they all went to school together and now they're all with galleries but they still like it's the original group of mm. art school and they're like it's the best thing it's like every Sunday night and they get together 
like work through it. Yeah, like, what do you what do you like? Everyone, you know, I, I, I want to know what you're interested in, or what you're reading, or what movie you're, you know, what you're making. I mean, it's incredibly important to surround yourself with people that inspire you. I think that's what part of what having a role model is about as well. Just having looking at that person, like you're an inspiration for me to be someone else that day, or to be a better person, or like whatever it is, and however you find that or channel it. But it's also like yeah. not being intimidated to seek it. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think there is that thing. And I think I, for me, it took me a really long time to feel comfortable in admitting that I actually felt quite lost. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm aiming for. Mm. And I don't know how to find it. Because, mm. you know, you sometimes you tell yourself that like it has to be within you. You have to find it on your own. And oh like, but it's impossible. So some people, you know, some people do have the or, the, or they go through things differently, right? But I think that sense of being like, hey, look outside or ask for help, like, ask, ask someone. For help. Oh my God, there's fucking wellness bitches. It's wellness bullshit. I hate it. Find it within you. Yeah, Real yeah. optimism comes. It's like it's bollocks. It's just like <laughs> shit outside. Your mates make it better. Like London's expensive and I'm struggling. It's really, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it winds me up so much with <laughs> wellness pictures. I just want to troll them all now. It's so hard. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was really nice to have you and to meet you. It's nice thank to meet you, you too.